Welcome to the Ike Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. What would you do? One first or two twos? Go Pack Go. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We're IKE underscore Packers on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. We're on Aaron Rodgers' watch. He's still a member of the pack. What should he go for? We dive into it, as well as some of the best draft prospects. At the end of the show, we're talking to Tucker Craft, tight end from South Dakota State. Let's Welcome get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead. I'm your host. And Packers fans, the NFL draft is one month away. The owners meeting is coming up soon. And Aaron Rodgers is still a member of the Green Bay Packers organization when will he be traded? Well, we are going to dive into that question. Who are some draft prospects that the Packers should have their eyes on? We're going to get into that, too. And at the end of the show, we are talking to Tucker Craft, tight end prospect from San Diego, San De- South Dakota State. <laughs> and it's going to be exciting. I'm joined by KJ. KJ, welcome to the show. How you doing? What is going on, Packers fans? we got a great interview with Tucker Craft coming up. He is one of the top tight ends in the class, and everyone's sleeping on him because guess what? Alex just mentioned it. He played at South Dakota State. Quick things to know about him. He entered and declared the, to the NFL draft early from D2, and you almost never see that. I'm pretty sure Christian Watson was a senior, so it's like you barely ever see a guy go early entry from the D2 ranks. And another thing is he could have played anywhere he wanted to go uh, last year in college. He turned down six-figure NIL deals to stay at uh, South Dakota State. He has his why, and in essence, he has his reason and his purpose for becoming one of the greats. It has to do with something that happened in his family when he was young. More to come on that. It's going to be a tremendous interview with Tucker Craft. Keep your eyes on him. This guy believes he can be the best tight end in the class. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Talk some Rogers watch. Talk some, you know, who are the, the players the Pac might be able to get with some of these New York Jets draft picks. And yeah, man, it's all about making this team uh, basically retooling to, to keep dominating the division and winning that Super Bowl uh, in the window that's coming. Well, Aaron Rodgers is not the only MVP who's on the trade block. Lamar Jackson requested a trade. He requested an opportunity to talk with other teams, KJ. And I think Lamar Jackson, quick aside, should go to the Atlanta Falcons. That would be sick. That's that's where I want to see him end up. Please stay out of the central uh, and, you know, please stay out of the north. Right. And I think that's where the Packers want to see him avoid. You know, man. And. But I, I just I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. I, I might push back in a little bit there. I just don't think you can do it with Lamar Jackson. Like like yeah, he might put up some highlights when you when he's not on your team. So here's the thing, like the Ravens, people in the franchise who watch this guy sixteen and seventeen games a year, they know that you can't win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. He's just not good enough, you know. But the people who like Lamar Jackson are the people who see him on Twitter, see a highlight on NFL Red Zone, see a highlight on game a highlight on game break, and they don't necessarily watch this guy play quarterback for an entire season because guess what he also happens to get hurt every year so it's like I just think he's he's kind of like a he's a talented player but he's like a a fraudulent Super Bowl caliber caliber quarterback you know like he was able to dominate the league in his MVP season another early playoff exit and now he wants like the biggest contract known to man 
And whichever team gives it to him, like, good luck. Maybe you know more than, than we do, but I just don't see it happening. I think the Ravens would be happy to get two first-rounders out of him and actually get a real quarterback who can, you know, win with his arm and not just by being faster than everyone. Even look at Michael Vick, right? Like, Michael Vick, one of the coolest players ever. Even look at Cam Newton, right? One of the coolest, most fun players to watch ever. It's like those guys could dominate with their legs, but they never really came close to winning a Super Bowl. Obviously, Cam Newton came the closest. He got to a Super Bowl, and he won a national championship in college so he always had that winner's x-factor about him but like you you know Lamar Jackson's a little closer to Michael Vick and as talented as Vick was you know he, he was a runner first and he couldn't really do it and uh here's the yeah. question KJ because you're talking about Lamar you know not able to do it and the Jets are kind of holding firm I think there's you know some tension around this first round draft pick from a neutral standpoint do you think the Jets have an argument saying, hey, we don't know if Rodgers can win another Super Bowl? Do you, wh- where do you stand on that? And I guess, does that make him worth that first round pick 13? Oh, well, I mean, th- that's just negotiation, Packers fans. Like, th- what we're seeing right now is just kind of like a good old-fashioned game of negotiation. And truth be told, Aaron Rodgers has won two Super Bowls more recently than Lamar Jackson's won. Or excuse me, two uh, MVPs more recently than Lamar Jackson won his MVP. And Rodgers has already proven he can win a Super Bowl. So Rodgers has gotten to multiple NFC Championship games, like— Certain things have gone wrong in all those. Rodgers could have played better. The defense could have played better. Players could have made plays. Brandon Bostic, special teams, play calls, all this stuff. But, you know, ultimately, like, Rodgers 100% gives you a better chance. And everyone around the league knows it, man. You know, like, no one's talking about Lamar Jackson like he's 12. And no one's talking about 12 like he's Lamar Jackson. And I love 12. (laughs) I'm also ready to go to the Jordan Love era, but it's like I love 12, and I would never disrespect 12 by saying that, you know, Lamar Jackson gives you a better chance to win a Super Bowl than 12. No, no, but the money is big. The money's big. That's that's the issue here with Rodgers is the money's big, and it doesn't actually help the Packers uh, to trade him before June 1st in terms of payment-wise, right, money-wise. But they're going to want to trade him before the NFL draft. So, KJ— Is that where the Jets have, you know, maybe a little leverage? Do they have any leverage? Where do you sit here? Because the Jets could, you know, let that a quarterback maybe fall to them at 13 or try that. Maybe it won't happen. But what are your thoughts on this? You know, Packers fans, I think in negotiation, there's certain thing called a dual positive. It's where you present the other party with two choices, both of which would be good solutions to them. It's not like the Packers are going to ask for, like, you know, three first rounders or something like that. But in my in this case, what I would do is I would say, look, another element of negotiation is putting a time limit on something. As we record this podcast, uh, we're you know it's the final week of the the first quarter of the year. It ends uh, March thirty first. So there's a lot of deals out there right now that have these kind of like time limits on them. Uh, you know, they have to be closed and they're contingent on being closed by three thirty one twenty three. But getting back to my main point is, I would present the dual positive to the Jets and say, look. Before the NFL draft, this this is the two options you can do. You can give us pick 13, we'll, we'll call it a day, or you can give us pick 42 and pick 43, the, the pick that the Jets just picked up in the Elijah Moore deal. I'd be content getting either a first or I'd be content getting two seconds. And then maybe if they want to negotiate and push back, then you can get into like the, the picks in future years. So so maybe that's what this deal is going to be is it's going to be like one pick for sure in this year's draft. And then maybe a pick like in the uh, 
in, in you know next year's draft, something like that. But I think the Packers and the Jets both want their picks now in this year's draft. The Jets obviously have a first and two seconds, two very three very valuable picks. So it's like I, if I'm good, I'd say, look, man, uh, you know I'm getting sick of this BS. And we, frankly, have way more leverage than you. You have no quarterback. You know, Jets Jets fans, like, trying to think that Mark Sanchez is a good quarterback. It's like the, the meme with the Gucci strap that's, like, almost broken. You just got to let it go, bro. You but just got to give it up. But it's like, I would be like, look, you, you can either give us a two seconds or you can give us the first. And it's contingent on getting this deal done before the draft. You know, it's like, otherwise, we're going to raise our price. Or we'll just sit 12 on the bench and you know, have Jordan Love and 12 and see, you know, win way more games than the Jets, you know, and then your whole front office will be fired. And then y'all be looking for deal or looking for jobs. How's that sound? Looking for jobs in this economy. <laughs> and I'd be like, look, man, you're a darn fool. And I don't, I don't appreciate the way you're playing this out. You and know, like, we'll pick, we'll pick 15 or pick yeah, 15, and we'll right? Pick 15 and, and our rookie yeah, is going to be better yeah. than your rookie. You know, it's like, yeah. that, I, I just talked <laughs> some major trash, but I'd be like, look, here's a dual positive. Here's two options. And let's get this deal done. Like, let's stop playing hardball. You want to take it there? We'll take it there. What do you think, Alex? I think uh, the Packers have to move Rodgers because you can't have a mutiny in the locker room. We, we no. talked about this in terms of, like, coaching staff, right? You keep a coach on. And, uh, it's not really what you have to do. You kind of have to clean house when you bring in a new head coach just for the fact that you have a clear leader. And if Jordan Love is going to have – you know, his chance to be his best. He needs to be the de facto leader in this team. And so I know true. there's other players such as, you know, Jair, such as Kenny Clark, you know, such as 69, Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones. But Jordan Love, as the quarterback, will be this team's leader. He's going to be the one breaking it down, I believe. He's going to be the one people put their faith in in terms of can they win a Super Bowl. And so if Rodgers is there, there's going to be some Rodgers loyalists. And it's, it's going to true. be amongst the fans. It's going to be amongst the players. <clears throat> and so I really believe the Packers have to trade Rodgers uh, no matter the situation. Um, ideally, they do it before this year's draft. But I was thinking about it. And there's no really issue if the Packers hold Rodgers until June 1st. I used to think it had to get it done before this draft. But Packers fans, let me know if you think I'm crazy here. What if Rodgers, you know, waits until after June 1st? The money situation is a little better for Green Bay. And then the Packers can swap them for 2024 and you go into the 2023 season knowing you already got extra picks for next year's draft with Jordan Love no matter what you do. KJ, what are your thoughts on that and does it have to be a pick in this year's draft for Rodgers? It doesn't because as long as you got that asset on paper, it's like you can trade the pick for a player. Getting Rodgers on a different team will get the Packers some cap relief. And we've been talking to a few fans in the DMs, you know, hey, what do you think about this Rodgers situation? What do you think about this Jordan Love transition, stuff like that? And it's also like, imagine what the Packers can do with some cap space, Pakistans. We haven't had cap space in forever. The last time we had cap space, we signed Big Z, we signed Preston P, and we signed Adrian A., and it's like all three of those guys were, were plug-and-play starters, you know? So it's like if the Packers could get some cap space or if you wanted to trade for a stud receiver or stud somebody, you could do it with the draft capital you get back in the steal if it's in next year's draft. Or you could hold on to it and use your cap space uh, on next year's free agency class, which is actually projected to be a lot better for the wide receiver group. Like this year's wide receiver class is a pretty dismal free agency crop. 
Odell Beckham is going to be the X factor. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think like it's very interesting because this is one of those times when it it's a unique negotiation. Uh, Alex, let, let's do you want to maybe talk about some of these guys who let's say the Packers do get let's play the what if game. Let's say the Packers do get pick 42 and 43 from the Jets, right? Like we get their two second round picks to Rodgers. Let's talk about some of these players available that might slip to the to the four, early 40s in the second round. A guy I have my eye dead set on. I don't know if he's going to get that far, but at least to give you ammo to move up and back in the late first. D-Wash? I mean, D-Wash, there's no way he gets that far. But I, th- <laughs> I think him and also Jalen Hyatt, the, the receiver from Tennessee, I think you got to get – I would, be love, I would love to see D- Darnell Washington, the big, bad Georgia tight end, just rumbling down the field, forearming guys out of the way with his blocking, maybe getting called for an occasional 15-yard penalty for unnecessary roughness. Obviously, we'll dispute that on Ike Packers. Don't worry. But, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, the guys that stand out are, are Jalen Hyatt, the receiver from Tennessee, and also Darnell Washington. Um, what what about you, man? Thoughts on those guys, and then maybe thoughts on on some other guys. I think both of those players have the X factor and and will rise on draft day. I think you're right. Two players that are actually slotted right around pick forty five. You know those forty range cage is not only Tucker Craft, who we're talking to this episode, the tight end from South Dakota State. This mock I'm looking at has him going 55 here to the Detroit Lions. But also Rasheed Rice, the guy we talked to a few weeks ago from SMU. So he's going to be available for the Packers. He's a very athletic player. But the, the player that I really think you know would be awesome if he fell to the 42nd, 43rd pick where the Jets are taking would be Zay Flowers from Boston yeah. College. Yeah. I think just what I see in Zay. Hey, is like a potential player that could be here four years from now and you're like that was a great pick zay flowers right kind of star receiver and he i think he just kind of has that total package right people are probably sleeping on him because he's from boston college Wait. and you know this receiver class cage isn't that strong in my opinion it's in top the top heavy. end yeah well i mean you think it we'll, is we'll see we'll see it's not like last year's class or the year before his class that's for sure but like um for, for me, Zay, Zay Collins, uh, or Zay, Zay Flowers, Flowers, excuse me, he could, he's another one of these guys who played at Boston College, so it's like, what are you going to do, right? Like, they're not, you know, like, how, how do you be, how do you get on the radar there? You got to be so good they can't ignore you. But not only that, he could have taken an NIL, NIL deal to go anywhere. Like, apparently, word on the street is this guy could have gone anywhere he wanted, but he stayed at BC out of loyalty. That's a guy you want in the Packers because he might want to stay there for his entire career. Yes, you know, sir. And the, and the Packers already have Christian Watson, the big bad number one. It's like maybe you pair him up with a speed demon zay flowers i know jackson smith and jig but just you know he's taller than chris olave he was the most agile receiver at the combine and he just ran a 448 452 at his pro day in terms of 40 time so it's like he is a beast but i don't think he's making it to the second round like zay flowers i would be pretty happy about and you know who else i would target alex i don't know if you're able to maybe pull up some of these guys real quick but there's a lot of safety prospects that look to be in the second round range. Yep. Antonio Maybe. Johnson Texas out of Texas A&M. A&M. Yeah. You got JL Skinner, the third guys. Boise state. Uh, Boise I think st- Brian branch is going to fall. I think, it, you know, four, six, man, that's red flag material. No offense. Like oh, that's yeah. going to take you out of the first round. Maybe he still goes round one, but it's like, I'm not taking a safety runs a four, six in round one. 
I'll take him in round two if he falls and is the best prospect on, on the board. But, like, for me, that Brian Branch does not have a first-round grade. I, I don't think he does either. And, you know, I wouldn't be so opposed to the Packers just taking two good weapons in the second round and drafting a big boy in the first round cage, like an offensive lineman or a defensive uh, lineman, and then just saying, hey, we're going to pick up our two pass catchers in the second round. What are your thoughts on that? And I guess oh, where man. would you, you know, go with your first round pick if you're the Pack? You know, Packers fans, the, the guy to keep an eye on is Lucas uh, Van Ness, the, the defensive end from Iowa. This guy's very similar to Rashawn Gary. He's a super athlete who's kind of under the radar because he didn't even start. But he's almost like an Alden Smith in the sense where he's just like a really, really talented pass rusher. Uh, Mel Kuyper actually mocked him to the pack in his recent mock draft. He's rising up boards. And at the same time, he's got things that might hold him back to certain teams. Like, like it's like the fact that he didn't start, you know? So it's like, I don't know if he's going up where the Will Andersons and all and the Jalen Carters are going to go or the Tyree Wilsons, like of Texas Tech. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think he's going to go in that, that, that pick 10 to 20 range. So it's like, keep an eye on him. You know, you cannot have too many pass rushers. Bring him off the bench after, uh, you know, Preston P and Rashawn G. And you just rotate these guys in and grab your guys in the second round if you get multiple second rounders. Like, if the Pack have three second rounders from the Jets, or like their own second rounder in the, in the Jets too, it's going to be Christmas Packers fans. It's going to be like Christmas on draft day. We're going to have to watch that entire draft. You know, like, oh. it's going to be awesome. Oh, and, uh, day one, day two is always elite content, Packers oh, fans. Make sure you it. have us there because last year we did some emergency podcasts, especially uh, because hey. the Christian Watson pick, we had been pushing that all, if, yeah. you know, off season. If you heard Ike Packers podcast this time last year, you know we were pushing Christian Watson. We were like, yo, this guy is going to be a stud. His tape is unbelievable. He's 6'5". He has like a 10 RAS score, our uh, relative athletic score, if you don't know what that means. And yeah, man, I mean, like the player I think the Packers got to go for this year we've been talking about is Darnell Washington. I just feel like this is the guy. (laughs) Don't let him go to somewhere else. You know, if you're good and you see this athlete and you, you know, you need tight ends, right? It's like Mercedes Lewis. He's old. You you know, like you can't bring him back. You you look at your tight end room and it's abysmal. And, And you're like, okay, how can I instantly upgrade my tight end room for Jordan Love? You know, this I, guy. I, have, I, have, I have something to say about the tight end room. I have something to say. Josiah DeGuara, it's time to step up or step out. Like, this guy who's a third-round pick has done literally nothing since he's been here. I mean, bro, it's time. Like, like that draft now pick was like... Or enjoy life in the Canadian Football League, honestly. It, it's like, oh, man. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big Goot hater. I'm not, I'm not like a guy who thinks Goot is like the savior of the franchise either. I'm kind of in the middle on Goot. But when he picked... When he picked Josiah DeGuara, I was like... Lord help me, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> Lord, give me strength. You know, it was it was like Demarcus Cousins on the King when they drafted Papa Giannis, the guy from Greek, the lottery. out, Lord, give me strength. And that's how I felt when the Packers drafted Josiah DeGuara, and now it's like, look, Mercedes oh. Lewis. I love Mercedes Lewis. He was playing ahead of Josiah DeGuara because Josiah DeGuara has just been worthless up to this point. And I love Big Dog, but it's like th- this chapter's ended, man. The ship has sailed with Big Dog. And Robert Tunyon's on the Bears now. You'd hate to see him go off. Like, he, he had one flash in the pan year, but he didn't do anything since. And it's like Josiah DeGuara, man. Like, 
if not now, when? Like, it's time to step up or step out. Uh, I would love to see Darnell Washington in a big package jersey. I know I would for sure get a Darnell Washington package jersey. Oh, that would be so sick. He, he just looks like the type of guy you just want on your roster. Like, intimidation, athleticism you know, strength, like the Packers for too long have been the softer of the teams. Like you look at these teams that have beat the Packers in the championship, NFC championship games. It's like they've had a little more grit than Green Bay, you know, a little tougher players, a little more edge, Uh, San Fran, you know, Buccaneers, you know, and and it's like, how do you get that competitive edge cage? Well, you get a guy like Darnell Washington on your team, you know, straight like up. straight, straight up. up. You, you got Quay Walker, you know, like on the other side, like you it seems to be doing OK for Georgia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I love the Quay Walker pick the longer I uh, the longer time passes. It's like you need mean streaks. Derek Parrish on last week's episode, he even saw like Quay Walker as one of these guys who's almost like an enforcer in the NFL. We need those guys. You know, I'm trying to think if there's any defenders in Jair. this year's draft. Well, in this oh, year's draft oh, yeah. that are, like, early, that could be enforcers. I think um, you got to worry know, about Jalen Carter. You know, Jalen Carter, I would love to see that. You know, Andre Carter, second, speaking of second-round picks, right? Andre Carter, the 6'6 menace from Army, bring him to the squad. Bring him to the <laughs> squad. Bring a military guy into the building and watch everybody get a little bit better simply because of how hard he works you know i would love to you know if you had three second round picks if you trade rodders for two second rounders and you have your own second rounder boy would i love that boy would i love that baggers fans it's going to be absolutely electric we want to make sure you're subscribed tell a friend about the podcast that's the number one way you can help us grow McCage, you want to lead us into our interview coming up? Tucker Craft is coming right up. Like we said, this guy, the main thing to know about him, he's a 6'6 beast. He lit up D2 his sophomore season and to the point where he could have gone anywhere to getting six-figure NIL deals. There was a rumor his name entered the transfer portal. Like he, It didn't even happen, but there was a rumor, and his phone just kept blowing up. He's telling the story in just a moment here. And uh, you're also going to find out his why. Like a lot of players out there, they might be really good in college, but they don't necessarily have that reason to play. And, uh, excuse me, Tucker Craft for sure has the reason to play, where he has the reason to to really just be the best he can be. And that's important. You know, Rodgers kind of had that chip on his shoulder from, from falling all the way from potential number one overall pick to, you know, pick 24. That was his why, so to speak. You got all these guys like uh, Aaron Jones plays for his brother, plays for his dad. Um, you know, all the best players have their whys. And Tucker Craft has his why. And I'm very excited to, to give you this interview coming right up, Packers fan. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining us. For those that don't know Tucker, He's a versatile tight end, and he's an early entry draft prospect, born and raised in the Midwest. Packers need a tight end, and Tucker's looking for a new home in the NFL. So we're very excited to have him, and we're looking forward to a great interview. My name is KJ Ikesid. We're here with Tucker Craft, and you are listening to the Ike Packers podcast. So, Tucker, first question, how's the draft prospects been so far? Like, what have you been up to these last few months, and uh, what's like an average day and week like for you these days? Um, I, I had a great process. You know, I, I enjoyed everything about it. Um, Sam Laporta and I, and Monty Potabottom, we, um, 
us three lived in an Airbnb in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, did our uh, eight weeks of training there with Athlete, same place I host tight end you. So um, it's really, really fortunate to be in that area, um, especially just with the skill development that goes on there. You know, there's vets rolling in and out of the building, um, ex-scouts, you know, speaking with, with ex-GMs, um, so forth. So, like, we got to really get a grasp on what we were about to head into. Um, ton of advice, wisdom being shared, um, and then just the grind. You know, I I really can say with confidence that I enjoy the, enjoy the monotony of it all. Um, I just, you know, I really just love football, so... Um, that was all cool. Combine is actually kind of terrible. Um, as weird as it might sound, I was extremely grateful to be there, but the medical, the lack of sleep, (laughs) quality of food, um, it didn't happen to me, but you know, I could probably say for other people like coaches and scouts messing with, messing with the guys. Um, Sam was telling me a story about Vrabel telling him to, Shut up and sit down. I thought that was hilarious. You know, they want to they want to go in there, see how you react. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it was it was crazy fun. You know, the guys were all um, good to get along with. Me personally, I I made it my goal to break Darnell out of his shell at least once a day, or make fun of the fans screaming for Michael as we we're heading down some kind of hallway. Um, but uh, yeah, all tight ends, great group. Great group of guys. Uh, we all got along really well at Combine. You know, right now I'm just um, I'm going on 30 visits. Um, yeah, I'm doing zooms with teams. I'm uh, training in Brookings, South Dakota, home of the Jackrabbits. Um, and you know, I'm just I'm just waiting around, pretty much by my phone. Um, you know, random scouts. Um, that scout my region calling me, asking me questions, doing informal interviews over the phone, things like that. It's, it has been busy. It's been a whirlwind, but at the same time, you know, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've kind of just been in a quiet mind and, and just letting things happen day to day. Man, that's, that's so interesting. There's so many follow-up questions I have. Did you have, uh, any interesting questions asked to you in particular, like dogs or cats or anything like that? Oh, uh, oh, I went in with, uh, the dolphins and um coach Embry, tight ends coach asked me about an instagram caption i had where i said that i'm him <laughs> and uh, uh i think they just wanted me to own up to it and be like damn right i said that you know like that's me the last son of krypton but um no i i sat at the table kind of with my tail between my legs. And I said, well, just to be clear, I'm not saying that I'm our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. I am just, I was being silly. I was feeling myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a cool video. You know, I, I was feeling myself. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I can totally get that. Uh, and, and you deserve it, man. I mean, like there's not a lot of people who end up, you know, coming from where you came from and, and then sticking around in South Dakota and then, Honestly, you know, it's looking to me like you're going to be like a day two, early day three pick and maybe even higher. And it's like, so so I guess kind of a spontaneous question I have is like, when did you first really believe that you, you, you were that guy, you know, like I, the tiger, because clearly you wouldn't have gotten this far if you didn't have that, you know, undying belief, unwavering belief in yourself. Like when did that kind of, 
light inside you? Like, I, I know you had some hardships growing up um, as much as you want to share about that, but like when, when, when was that, that really just led you to just grind and, and take yourself one foot in front of the other to, to this moment where you're at right now? Yeah. So it, uh, yeah. Um, just I'll dip into it real quick. My dad passed away. And, oh, can you hear me? Yep. All right. Sorry. Let my phone go out. Um, yeah. My dad passed away in 2013, um, in a plane crash. That's our family business for crop dusters. Um, we have an ag airport. Um, that's what my brother does. He's a pilot. That's what my cousin does. Uh, my uncle, you know, that's, that's the family business. Um, you can make a lot of money, but it's incredibly dangerous. So, um, that's my dad passed away. Um, it took me until about 2020 to fully come to terms with not having that kind of person in my life anymore. Uh, like understanding that all things really do happen for a reason. I, I was sitting in front of front office people, coaching staff, representatives, and, you know, people three weeks ago because of what happened to me when I was 12 years old. I'm, I'm willing to accept that everything does happen for a reason. Um, so about my junior year, football season's over, and I realized, like, okay, yeah, I can do this collegiately. Um, start applying for camps. Um, and it was really just a lot of intrinsic motivation, you know, the need to just just get things done, like just do it. Um, kind of just stopped making excuses for myself and other people holding others around me and myself to a higher standard. Um, so I realized soon that like I wanted, I, I knew I could play college football. My older brother was doing it at the time, um, playing D2 tight end. Um, my dad was a hell of an athlete. Um, you know, I played my junior and senior year on a field named after my father. So if that doesn't motivate you to, to get going, I don't know what will. So um, I've really always just kind of like, like my, you know, someone just says like, you have a hero or the person you looked up to. I've, mine has always just been like the legacy of my father, like living up to be the person that people tell me he was, um, you know, because I hear that he was an amazing man. And for the 12 years I knew my dad, I love the hell out of him. And he was, he was one, one great person and an incredible mentor. So, um, just kind of doing the things that I recall stories of him doing, um, just kind of led me to where I am today. Um, you know, I have, I have an awesome, incredible mother. I have a great stepdad. I have two hardworking, loving brothers, and I actually just got engaged, um, less than a week yes. ago. So my fiance wow. is, is she's great too. She humbles me a lot. She makes you leave the ego at the door. So, um, yeah, no, I just, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm a lucky guy who's been through some adversity, who knows how to things properly, who, who checks the boxes, um, and just tries to do, I try to do things right the first time. Yeah. You know what you made me think of? Uh, I don't know if this is way off, but game of Thrones, just like a lot of people honoring the the legacy of those that came before them. And man, to me, it just sounds like you have a why. And that's like one of those things I know scouts look for is they look for like, why does this guy do what he does? And it sounds like something that can motivate you, you know, much further still, you know, like your story's not yet done being written. Um, 
So how about this? Taking it back to the to the childhood a little bit, like you grew up in South Dakota. What team did you cheer for growing up? Well, everyone around me was always a Vikings fan. So hmm. I mean, yeah, I know. I'm on the Packers podcast. Here we go. Um everyone oh, around interesting. me was always... you know, I don't I don't know if you had any like loyalty in South Dakota, if it was kind of like free agency in terms of which teams you could like, but that's oh, interesting. Yeah, it is hundred percent. It like Broncos fans, uh Patriots fans. Packers fans. Um, I know a lot of Bears fans. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the most multiplicity behind it is insane. Like I, you could go to a new town and some rancher might have a, you know, like a Seahawks hay bale in their front yard or some, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. That's but awesome. Yeah. yeah. Small so, town so I got to ask, like, what's your, what's your perception of the Packers then? Um, I think Packers is a uh, legacy organization. Um, a lot of amazing things done in the past from, you know, Brett Favre through Aaron Rodgers. Um, historic quarterback play, loyalty to tight ends, like a guy like Mercedes Lewis, played, been playing there for forever. Um, yeah. Open. You know what? Cold, oh, yeah, go using ahead. the environment using the environment to their to their advantage fans are you know just below philly fans is is as far as uh loyalty and ruthlessness may go <laughs> i guess um but yeah i i green bay is a beautiful area i've been back to wisconsin numerous times with one of my um uh roommates who lives in the area and those small towns you have to drive through through Wisconsin and it's just, it's just beautiful over there too. Yeah, no. Um, I mean the Packers, you know, we had your Michael Finley and just, there was absolute fireworks on the football field, but we've been hurting for a good tight end forever. Um, and so there's a really, really, really good potential fit here. Uh, you mentioned Mercedes Lewis. I know we're going to probably miss his blocking, but he, he, left a lot to be desired in the receiving aspect of things. And I know we had a great year from Robert Tanyan. He just signed at the bears, but uh, he had two kind of down years after that. So really we just been starving for a tight end, despite having these high flying offenses. Um, and because you have, I guess like neutrality on the subject, uh, as much as you want to share, like no right answer, no wrong answer, but it's good banter. Like what's your take on Aaron Rodgers and Jordan love? Do you think uh, the deal is going to get done? Oh man, I think um I, honestly I I have no idea. I'm I'm a quiet-minded <laughs> guy. I don't stick my nose into a lot of drama. Um you know, especially right now I'm so damn busy with my own personal things with my journey to the NFL, but um yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um I love Aaron's personality personally. And I got some bears bears fans in my household that would disagree. They might think otherwise, but, um, I, you know, um, I wouldn't say that I share a lot of the same point of views as him, but he's, you know, he's a no BS, get on the field, take care of your crap, you know, kind of guy. He, he wants to win football games. Um, for his organization and he talks the talk, but he also puts one foot in front of the other and walks the walk. So that's, that's something. Got to respect. Something about Aaron Rodgers you can't take away. You got to respect him. He is, he's a playmaker. 
and even back to like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I just, he's, he's a good quarterback. He's a legacy quarterback, generational quarterback. Let me ask you this. I agree. I agree. Do you think he's worth a first round pick in this Jets deal? Because that seems to be the sticking point. I do, uh, but what does Tucker Kraft think? Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no right or wrong know. answers, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a first round pick, but then where does that leave the Packers organization for their front office draft capital? Because, like, you have to make those kind of decisions. Is yeah, we we just you get there's no tight ends in Green Bay. I mean, there is yeah. tight ends. You know, I'm not going to take away from any individual person's there's beliefs really no in themselves, <laughs> but there's um the the issue there is that you you kind of give up on building what you've just. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, you know, I guess I don't know. It's going to be interesting because there's just such a deep tight end class. And that's kind of one of my, my further yeah. questions is like, it's if such they, a deep they, class. Okay. Go for it. I don't think the Packers needed to draft the tight end in the first round. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, um, you know, I'm going to be where I am in the draft based off one, how I perform on pro day two, how I interview with scouts, teams, coaches, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'd, I just, I'd say the Packers keep their first round pick. Oh, we'll for sure keep it. Do you think the Jets are going to trade us theirs for Rodgers, like pick 13? Oh, I was completely backwards on that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, um, but I would be huge for the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then we can, Hey, we can maneuver add some mid round picks, you know, maybe draft, uh, you know, Tucker. We'll see. Um, uh, quick, quick, you don't have to spend some time on this, but how do you, how do you feel about Jordan love? Like I personally, I'll, I'll throw out my take and you can just add or whatever you want. Um, I think he's the best uh, quarterback prospect and not only this year's draft, if he was in it, but also last year's draft. And, and I don't know, like, you know, obviously the jury's out, right? No one truly knows until we see a bigger body of work, but I think, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know a ton about Jordan. Like, so I was, um, pretty much blind to what goes on with football. Like until I was deciding that I wanted to play collegiately. So what I know about Jordan Love is that he's a good quarterback. He's always been, he's always been there for the Packers when Aaron was not necessarily playable, but yeah. I think, I think whatever he, he's one of the game, you know, I don't know what, how he's many, pretty good. Did, he, did he have, what's he have like three career touchdowns for the Packers? Something like that. I don't have the exact numbers, but yeah, yeah he's, I mean, small like, sample size. No, typical. He's a, he's a big guy, you know, he's like six, four. He's still young, obviously. Um, you know, I, what, is he is he five hundred in a as a like backup player for the Packers like when he has to go in and play? Good question. I'd have to double check that, but he certainly kept him in games, right? Um, yeah. So I, I I believe that if if he was able to have you know an entire camp 
whole summer off season with with his boys, he's going to go out there and rally for him. Yeah, that's a good take. So, so going back to the tight end class, I appreciate you kind of sticking your neck out there with some Packers takes. I had to ask. Sometimes guys are a little more talkative, sometimes they're not. Yeah, I but really I, just, I, I, I always appreciate that. I, I know the fans appreciate that as well. So I just want to thank you for sharing a bit on that. Um, it is a deep tight end class and, and kind of, we, we touched on this, but you know, there's, there's hype around guys like Dolan Kincaid, Luke Musgrave and other guys that I would say you compare pretty favorably to. And, and, you know, you talked about guys like Laporta, stuff like that. Uh, Darnell Washington, huge monster, but like, you know, in your own words, how do you stack up to these guys and what opportunities do you see where, you know, your skill set might be able to play? You know, I'm just going to say this with confidence. I'm going to put it out there in the universe that I believe I have the most upside out of any tight end in this draft class. You know, you turn on my film and you see me still pushing guys from point A to B, but I look like a drunk sailor when I'm doing it. You know, I got I got high hips, wide hands. You know, I look like a bad dancer, but I'm telling you, I get a good tight ends coach. They could turn me into Patrick Swayze real quick. Yeah. But um, I love that. Yeah. I, uh, about, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. I, I just, you know, you. I, I, I was everywhere on the field, um, in line, um, split out, blocking for a screen RPO, running a screen, taking a wheel route out of the backfield, um, slot fade, uh, vertical seam, you know, just like then I'm, then I'm on the line of scrimmage blocking, you know, on a, down on a six second, you can have a two point stance swiping back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the second puller behind a guard on a counter. And it was just like, you can put me on the field almost anywhere. And it's like X's and O's scribbles, dots, whatever. Like I can talk ball. That stuff's all easy. Um, you know, it's just the verbiage with everyone. It's, it's the same, same scheme, different name mentality when you're going through these interviews. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I just, whenever I catch the ball, I still I get the ball in my hands. I tuck it away and I get my eyes up field. It's like I'm back on, you know, a nine man grass field in small town, South Dakota. I just feel like I'm invincible and I can't, I can't be brought down. I love that. You got to believe it. And uh, I can totally sense that belief. Um, I know you just mentioned that, you know, you, you didn't pay the deepest attention to football until you kind of realized you were going to do this at the collegiate level. And then furthermore, now you're going to end up playing on Sundays next year. Are there any NFL players you would like to model your game after or any guys? Uh, yeah. Just, just feel free to take it any direction you'd like. Yeah. I mean, I got, uh, you can still hear me, right? Oh yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, so my, my agent is, um, he represents Dan Bellinger. He represents Tunyon. He represents Kittle. Um, Jake Ferguson. Uh, yeah, he's a good. No gray. Like these, I'm, I'm on that, that formula. That's that fast track. Um, if you will. And I'm, I'm doing all these things that guys have done in front of me, but trying to do it better to reach a higher level. Um, so, so all these guys are very talented athletes. Um, and my agent has done everything he could to put me in their footsteps. And then some Jack Becta shout out JB sports. Um, so that's just, that's just what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to emulate my game after the greats like them. I love that. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? Right. You might as well aim high. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my goal is to be, 
you know, tight end one throughout the league. Like that's, that's my goal. So I'm going to do what I have to do. And, and, you know, like there's such a fit in green Bay here where like, it could be you, it could be just, we don't really have a tight end room right now. You know, like someone's got to get those targets and we've just been lacking that. So, so you could end up lighting the field on fire. Uh, if you end up in the right situation and you're certainly going to make the most of your opportunities. I'm very confident in that real quick. I, 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 we didn't really get to touch on this, but you obviously balled out your sophomore year at South Dakota. And I read something about how you turned down six figure NIL deals to, to transfer to a bigger school to stay. And, and that says a lot about loyalty. Is there, is, could you speak to that? Is there, is there a truth to that or. Yeah. So it was about, um, it was April. We were, I was just uh, was going to throw with my quarterback and I just get this phone call. And then all of a sudden, like a bunch of DMS, there was a rumor going around that I had entered my name in the portal. <laughs> um, or I was about to, or something like that. Anyway. So I got, I just had a ton of people speaking to me as third parties, whether that be quarterbacks speaking on behalf of their team or um, like directors of other like institutions speaking on other teams behalf. It was just a weird deal. Um, but yeah, the, the offers climbed, they got, uh, they got pretty damn high, but you know, I was already at that point, I was already sitting at like number three on the draft board in my yeah. tight end room. It was, it was me and mayor. And I think, I think it was Kincaid at the time. Um, or either that or Darnell on anyway. Um, yeah, it just leaving wouldn't have helped my draft stock. And I think that's what a lot of people need to understand is that they might be able to transfer and go to it to another program. Um, but one, like I, like I said before, like I, I built, I built relationships with these people and yeah. like, I, I felt guilty talking about the offers. Um, to them or thinking about them or thinking about leaving my friends and family. You know, I get a huge, incredible local fan base in Brooklyn, South Dakota. You can't emulate anywhere else. Um, and I'm going to have to deal with the next, the next few months. I'm going to have to deal with people calling me a small school guy and tell them scoring tidies on their asses. So that's just, that's just what's going to go on. So interesting. Uh, as much as you want to share, was Wisconsin one of the schools that at least showed interest? Um, I don't. I don't think there. There's only like one Big Ten school, and it definitely wasn't Wisconsin. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to confirm confirm nor yeah. deny <laughs> any more questions about schools. Yeah, no respect, respect. I just want—I'm I'm sure uh, the fans are going to find that fascinating. But, but going back to what you're saying, um, you know, that's going to really endear you to a lot of Green Bay fans. Just like there is a special, special bond with this fan base, and it's very unique because, like you said, small school guy. You know, Green Bay is a pretty microscopic town for an NFL franchise, but at the same time, they have season ticket holders in all 50 states. There's a 40-year waiting list. This podcast by itself has over a hundred countries listening to it. It's massive. Like you should see some of the DMS we get. People are talking about, you know, saving their whole lives to make the, the pilgrimage to, uh, you know, green Bay, just like they would make the pilgrimage to the, to the Vatican city or the Mecca. It's, it's fascinating. So, um, I see a lot of similarities there, uh, 
just very cool to hear. Um, so I guess like uh, final question before we get into the lightning round, like, like what's a team getting when they draft Tucker craft? Oh, they're going to get someone who wants to impose their will upon their opponent, opponent snap after snap. That's, that's me. You know, I, like I said, I feel like I'm might be the Ross product in this class. Um, there's so much for me to, to refine in my technique, uh, whether that be my route tree or on the line of scrimmage. Um, so I'm just, I guess I'm just, they're going to get someone who's, who's willing and that's, you're just getting started. All. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I know. I love the confidence and obviously your, you know, your tape is pretty impressive as well. Uh, you kind of have all these intangibles that you, you, you learn a lot more by talking to you. So I really appreciate that. So now we're going to do the lightning round where I'm just going to ask you a couple quick hitter questions. And all I ask is you try to keep the answers to like one or two sentences max. Sound good. Sounds good. All right. First one, favorite food. Steak. What's a good book you've read? Oh, let's just go Harry Potter. Uh, any any one of them, or in particular, Prisoner of Azkaban. That's a good one. A lot of quotes. Oh, or that, or the Half Half Blood Prince. Yeah, that's also a good one. What's a musical artist you've been listening to a lot this year? Oh, Culture Wall. What's the first app you open in the morning? Snapchat. What's a brand that you really like? Fabletics. What is a, one of your favorite classes you've ever taken? Football. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's say. Oh, welding. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, what's one of your favorite movies? The Pursuit of Happiness. What's one of your favorite TV shows? Guilty pleasure or just regular TV show? Anything you want. I do watch Riverdale. Okay. Any ladies listening? I'm sure they'll love that. Uh, He is taken, though. He is engaged now, full disclosure. Uh, Next vacation you want to go on? Bahamas. If you could start or pursue any charity, what would it be? Um, I'd assist with my stepdad's nonprofit. It's called Project Help. Any listeners out there? Project help. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you would you mind uh, expanding off that a little bit? Or yeah. Um, so essentially, what it is is it um, takes uh, underprivileged children and helps them underprivileged um, children in the area with kind of like behavioral issues, helping them emit that energy from themselves through means of connecting with horses. Um, and there are several other stuff they do as well, but good stuff, man. You ever seen Yellowstone by chance? I live Yellowstone without yeah. the killing and in train rides. That is epic. I can't wait to, uh, you know, I, I mean, like, it's going to be interesting to, to just hear, uh, learn more about you. Um, as this time goes on, Yellowstone. that's quite the exaggeration, but <laughs> how about this? Um, yeah. How, how's the family and how's, um, Tucker, Tucker craft, the person doing? Um, you know, he's good. He's excited. He's living in the moment. He's got a quiet mind. He's ready to attack every single day. Every day is an opportunity. Amazing. And then, uh, how can people get in touch with you to follow your journey? Um, 
I don't really post a lot on Twitter. So craft underscore 85. That would be my Instagram. Um, don't add me as a friend on Facebook because I really don't use that either. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not going to get my personal phone number out. So no, cool, man. Well, Hey, uh, Really appreciate you coming on. We want to thank Tucker for joining the show and we want to wish him the best of luck in the upcoming NFL draft. Tucker, any final thoughts? No, just incredibly thankful. Yeah, we're incredibly thankful to have you on. It's going to be very exciting to follow your journey. There is a great fit here uh, for the Green Bay Packers, so we'll see what happens. You know, potentially a guy that Jordan Love can can really just create some great chemistry with and sky's the limit. Uh, my name is KJ Ikeset. This has been another great episode of the Ike Packers podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Ike Packers podcast and want to help the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is how we can continue to give great value to you. As always, till next time, Packers fans, go pa- go. Yeah, it's all in my head Here we go yet again, uh-huh Getting drunk with my friends Smoking one in my bed, I guess I need to find a way out I need to clear my head Some things are better unsaid Riding alone on a subway Fuck it back up And now I'm writing, 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 writing Feeling like I'm flying, 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 flying You always act like I've been lying, lying, lying to you I'm just saying Clear my